right, we're going to be in Luke 2 to start with. We're going to stick quite a bit in Luke 2. So if you have your Bibles with you, um, that would be awesome. I'll also read it. Uh, we're going to look at Luke 2 and then, and then jump around a little bit. There's, there's a phrase, like I said, there's a phrase in a, in a sentence in Luke 2 that, that I've read the Christmas story. I've been a Christian for 18, almost 19 years now. And you know, read it every year or study it for most years as I've, as I, as I taught it to students and to adults. Um, but I don't know, I never caught this phrase. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about scripture, about reading the Bible and teaching people is that I don't know how many times, it doesn't matter how many times you read it. It's like all of a sudden, has that always been there? I, I ask that all the time. Has this sentence always been there and I just completely missed it? But yeah, actually, Brian, that's exactly what happened. You just completely missed um, something that's really powerful. So in Luke 2, we're going to look at verse 19. It's at the end of a, of a sequence of events that we'll go back and cover. But it says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She treasured up all of the things that surrounded the birth of her child, going all the way back to when the angel came and said, you will be with child. Actually, let's go ahead and turn there. Let's look, at, let's look at Luke 1. Go back to Luke 1, starting in verse 26. We'll just read that real quick. Because to understand what it means to treasure, we have to look at what she treasured. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern the sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And for his kingdom there will be no end. It's a, such a huge moment in the life of this young lady. There's not been anything special in her life. She's lived just an average, normal, everyday life. And then all of a sudden God comes to her and says, you're going to do something amazing. I'm going to do something amazing in your life, and, and, and I want to be someone here this morning to tell you, and I believe one of my purposes this morning is to tell you that while you may not birth the Son of God, that you have very important things to do in your life. That each and every one of you sitting here is not called to sit in a row and absorb information. You are called to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the salt and the light in this dark and dying world that just in the same way that, that the angel told Mary, I'm going to do something amazing through you. God is going to do something amazing through you. I want to be here this morning to tell you that God is going to do something amazing through you. That's not prosperity gospel. That's just gospel. That's just Bible. That God wants to use each and every one of us as ill-equipped as most of us feel. He wants to use each and every one of you to accomplish his purpose. In the same way that he used this young nobody from a nothing town in the middle of nowhere to bring hope to the world. Now, I don't think Mary understood all of what was going to happen. And I gotta be honest, Mary is a, is a much better person than I am. Now, granted, I've never been face-to-face -face with an angel, so this might be different, but 
if, if, I'm, if I'm Mary, and an angel tells me that I'm going to have a child, first, that's weird because I'm a boy, but if I'm Mary, it's okay. I'm still, I would still have lots and lots and lots of questions. How? When? Where? Why? Um, all of the good W questions that we've been growing up, we've been taught to ask growing up. But Mary doesn't ask any of those. She says, as God wills it. And I, I don't know, I just, that's never been my personality. God says for me to do something, and I'm like, okay, when? That's always my first question, because I have no patience and I hate waiting. And so I, I struggle with the when. God says something is, something's great, it's gonna happen, I'm gonna do something great through you. Great, when? Today? We're gonna do that today, right? Let's go do that today. God's like, pump the brakes. And Mary had to wait, you know, the requisite nine months before God did something. But we're actually gonna look, she waited a lot longer than that. But then she treasured more. There was more that happened. Look at um, Luke 1, again, in verse, starting in verse 41. So she goes to visit Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And in verse 41 it says, and, and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Another extraordinary moment that Mary had the opportunity to grab a hold of. She's there with another, another pregnant lady, and, and, and the baby leaps. It's the same word. As it's used only a few times in Scripture, and it's always about the Holy Spirit, and it means, to be, it means to leap. It literally means to stand up and jump. And so the baby stood up and jumped in the womb because the Spirit of God came upon him. And that should be all of our stories. That when the Spirit of God comes upon us, we jump with joy at being in the presence of God. We jump for joy in being at the presence of the Savior, and that's what John the Baptist did even before birth. That even before birth, he recognized this Savior, and Mary experienced that. And on that fateful night that we celebrate in December, and we have our candlelight services, which we're going to have Christmas Eve, you should come, it's going to be amazing. Look at Luke 2, starting in verse 10. Because this is the moment Jesus has just been born. Mary's probably still recovering, still trying to get her wits back about her. Before that. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They made, they made sure that Mary and Joseph and everyone there knew exactly what these angels had said. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured. 
this event that children are, are born day every day. Every single day, children are born throughout the world. But in this moment, the entire world changed. And Mary being present there, looking at her son, in the same way that all the moms in this room have looked at their sons when they're first born and just with sheer joy. And here come these raggedy, smelly shepherds to declare that even the angels appear to the lowest of people to make sure that everyone in the world knows that this is something special. And I think too often we're like the people in the crowd. We're like the other people who happened to stumble upon or maybe God showed them. We stand with wonder. We're amazed at what God is doing and it's wonderful and we are overwhelmed by the moment. But amazement doesn't last. Being amazed at something doesn't carry you through life. Standing in wonder about how amazing God is is great in the moment, but it's not what carries you through. Amazement doesn't bring hope. Treasuring the moments when God is doing something in your life. Treasuring the moments with family, with children, with friends. Those are the things that carry you through hard times. Those are what carry you through when the wonder has faded. Because we're all in the, we're all the, 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 in the same boat. That if something amazing happened, we stand and wonder at it. But then if it happens six or seven more times, it's not nearly as wonderful. Things become ordinary. Things become mundane. But Mary didn't allow that. Mary wasn't just amazed at what happened. Mary wasn't just amazed at what occurred. Mary didn't stand with awe and wonder. She treasured. And then she pondered. She thought about them. She reminded herself of them. She told herself the testimony of what had happened. And some of you this morning, you're going to hear, we're going to look at three different stages in life where you need to have treasured hope. Where you need to have had moments where God did something. Where something amazing happened. Maybe you have a calling in your life. Maybe, maybe it's, it's a purpose and a, and, a, and a plan that God has for you. Don't just stand and wonder that God has called you to do something. Don't just stand and wonder that God is doing something amazing in your life. Treasure that. Treasure that and think about it constantly. Think about it constantly. Because I want to look at three areas of life where treasured hope pulls us through. And the first one is the everyday, mundane life. You wake up, you have breakfast, you go to work, have a lunch break, finish work, go home, feed the kids, put them to bed, go to bed. You wake up, you skip breakfast, got crazy, then you go to work. You go out to lunch, big time. You come back to work, you go home, this time you yell at the kids, then you put them to bed, and then you go to bed. Every single day over and over. I am convinced that more people walk away from Christianity because of the day-to-day than anything big. The day-to-day where it doesn't look like anything's happening. I'm doing all the right things. I'm saying my prayers. I'm reading my Bible. I'm going to church. I'm even raising my hands during worship. And nothing. Just like silence. What is happening? And Mary had to deal with this. 
And another one of the, I don't know why I never recognized it, but in Luke 2, 41 through 52, we read the story of where Jesus is in the temple and he's basically schooling the priests on, on biblical truth and, and he's got great understanding and, and it says again that Mary treasured that moment, that she treasured the moment where she recognized, oh man, what they said at the birth, it's coming to pass and he's only 12, like this is gonna be amazing. Now the challenge is, we don't hear anything else from Jesus for another 18 years. He's 12 in the temple, and he's 30 when he turns water into wine. That's 18 years of day-to-day life. Eating, sleeping, cleaning, taking care of family, taking care of friends every single day. And Mary had to know, Mary knew that there were miraculous circumstances at his birth. And in fact, the whole thing was miraculous. She was a virgin and she had a baby and then angels appeared and an angel appeared to her and an angel appeared to Joseph. And, and then her, the baby leapt and all these things happened and she knew that something amazing was gonna happen. And at 12, man, that was it. That was it, it's gonna start. Something amazing is gonna happen. It's the time for things to, to, to jump off. And then silence, obscurity, average everyday life for another 18 years. And to me, that is the hardest part if God has placed a call on your life is the day-to-day where nothing's happening. I think sometimes that's what gets churches in trouble too. Just week to week, we're doing church. We're doing church. We're doing church. What's our treasured hope? What is it that God has called us to that we're We're patiently waiting for him to accomplish. The promise is there. Mary knew the promise is there. She has treasured that moment. And I think many, many days through those 18 years, she pondered, okay, we're six years from anything happening. And I see no signs of it changing Jesus is not preparing anything. He's, he's carpentering. He's building things. He's helping me around the house. He's taking care of his siblings, but he's, that's, there's nothing miraculous happening. But I don't think she lost hope in those 18 years. Now, I think if you went back and asked all those other people who were there at the birth of Jesus, I don't think a single one of them is wondering when is Jesus going to become the Savior of the world. Because all they did was stand with amazement. Anybody remember what you were standing in amazement about 18 years ago? Anybody remember 30 years ago what you were standing in amazement about? No, probably not. But 18 years ago, if you treasured a moment that God did something in your life where God moved, you don't ever forget that. You remember those. For some of you, it's, it's, it's Lakeside Camp. Something happened, there was something that happened there and, or maybe it's another camp or a mission trip or a, a service or a special youth thing or something that, that something happened where you knew God is telling me this is what I'm supposed to do and you treasure that. All of us know what that means because we do it with our kids. The moment they're born, we look at them and we treasure that moment and we wait with expectation of the amazing thing that God is gonna do with them. Because no one, no one here believes that, oh, my kid's just going to be ordinary. He's going to be a C student. He's going to be middle management. Mm, he's going to scrape a living. I'm so excited. Nobody. 
My kid's going to be the president. No, he's not even going to be the president. He's going to rule the world. It'll be like a whole new thing. They'll make it for him because he's that special. Because he's mine. We do. We treasure it. And sometimes in the day-to-day mundane, some of us can forget how awesome they are. Some of us can forget and lose the hope that they're going to be something amazing because they are. And that's where I wonder, did I stand in wonder at that moment? Or did I treasure it? Did I treasure the moment when my sons were born where I knew that God had a calling on their life to be men after his own heart, to make a change in the world around them? Did I treasure it? Or did I just stand in wonder? Because Mary had to do the same thing. For 18 years, there was no sign of anything miraculous. And then Jesus turns 30, starts doing signs and wonders, gets a whole new group of friends. One's not great, you know, it's the one you don't want your kid to hang out with, be Judas. But he got new friends and he starts doing things and people are loving him and people are loving him. And I think Mary stood and was like, I knew it. She was with the crowd most of the time, and, and, but I think she just stood in the back and was like, yeah, that's my baby. Look at him. Feeding 5,000 people. I knew it. I knew. I knew that, that things were going to happen, and now it's happening, and it's amazing. But the second place we need treasured hope is in our darkest day. Because everything was growing great, and Jesus was doing things, and there were murmurs that people didn't like him, and well, you know, that's okay. People are, not everyone's going to like them. It's okay. Those murmurs started getting louder and they started becoming conversations. Then there was screaming and yelling and, and then he was arrested. He was arrested. That's not right. This is the son of God himself. He's arrested? Okay, it's temporary setback. Minor setback. What? There... He's guilty? Okay, they did, they, did the, they did the lashings. They did the whippings. Okay, that was, uh, I, don't, I don't understand because I, I treasured that moment. I, and, and God, you said some things and, and, and okay, maybe that's, that's just it. That was it. That was it. Okay, we're okay. We can heal from this. It's okay. They're carrying, he's carrying his cross. They're taking him out to the place where they do crucifixions they nail him to the cross. Mary's there. John records it. John records that Jesus says, speaks to his mother from the cross. She's there. She's not hiding from the darkest moment. She's there. Because sometimes I think we forget that in the joy of the Christmas season, that we forget that the purpose of the joy of the Christmas season is the suffering and the sacrifice. That hope coming into the world isn't exactly hope until it's finished. Now, how did Mary survive that? Six hours watching her son be crucified. She treasured moments. She knew God had said something. God had done something. If, I had just, if she just wondered about that, those six hours would have crushed her. 
ended it. But instead, she was able to endure the hardest moment in her life when everything seemed bleak, when everything seemed like it was going bad, when there was no reason for hope. I don't think Mary once lost hope. I don't. Because she was the only one that it records that in the moments of Jesus' birth, she wasn't like, oh, this is so cool. Man, no, no. I need to own this moment. I need to remind myself daily of what God has said about me, what God has said about my family, what God has said. And this morning, maybe some of you were there. Maybe this is the season where it looks like it is all hopeless. That you are looking at a situation where, God, you said this, and I was believing you for this. What are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? You failed me. I treasured, I treasured this thing where you said you were gonna do this and I waited the long time where nothing was happening and then it was good. Oh man, it was good. Now what are you doing? Why? What has God said to you years ago that maybe you need to ponder some more? What is it that was said to you that you need to roll around in your brain? God, you said this. I know everything in my life looks dark and bleak and black right now. I don't have any hope right now, God. What has God said that you can treasure, that you can ponder, that in the six hours of darkness that you can survive? It's the season I'm in. God said something. Saw nothing. It was good. Not so great. But wait. This is not the end of the sermon. It's not the end of the story. That's the great part about Christianity is that the darkest moment is not where the credits roll. Because the last place that you need that treasured hope is when it all comes together. When it all comes together, where this puzzle piece fits, and you know when you're doing a puzzle and like you've, you've got that little section and you're like, you've been working on it, and you get that one piece in place, and that one piece leads to this and this and this and this and, this and just goes. You can just, it's so much fun. I hate doing puzzles except for that one moment. Puzzles stress me out, but you get that one thing and then it goes and goes. Some of you are like, yeah, like you know that joy that you have when that, that simple joy of like, oh, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. Peace, 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 it's done. Mary got to experience that. Again, it wasn't, it was six hours of of brutal suffering and then days of sheer silence. It wasn't a quick fix, at least not as quick as Mary would have wanted. But the other place we need the treasured hope that comes with what Mary did is when she saw her baby resurrected. When she knew that the the dark night, the darkest moment, wasn't when the credits rolled, there is something else that happened. There was another moment where she got to see everything that she treasured come to pass. 
Because I said this just recently, Jesus didn't do what dead men normally do. Dead men normally say dead. He did not. He said no. God said no, I defeat sin and death. And she treasured those moments. And I know that when everyone else was standing with awe and amazement at the resurrected Jesus, Mary wasn't in awe and wonder. It was something more. Because when you treasure something that God has said to you, when something that God has called you to, and you walk through those seasons, and it all comes together at the end as a more joyous experience than anyone else gets. And it's not just that it's her son. It's not just that it's her son that's there. It's everything. It's the angel that came and said, God is going to give you a child. To John the Baptist leaping at coming into contact with her son. To what the shepherds declared on the night. Good news of great joy for all people. And I think because Mary treasured that her whole life when she saw the resurrection, it's like the darkness just faded away and it was sheer bright light and she knew this is what it was all about. But then God being awesome goes one step further because in the book of Acts, Mary's there in the upper room. She's there in the upper room, Jesus tells his people, don't leave Jerusalem. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Spirit comes upon you. I'm gonna go. Now, I think that was probably still hard for Mary. Like, no, baby, I just got you back. Why are you going again? I don't understand. It was, it was bad, and now you're back, and let's, let's, just, let's just be back. Let's do the whole family thing. And she's like, I've got bigger things. And I think because she treasured it from the beginning, she was able to say, okay, I can trust you. I can trust you. And he ascends back into heaven, and they're waiting in the upper room, and the Spirit of God fills the room and the spirit of God filled Mary and it struck me it struck me this week how familiar did that feel I'd never thought about that I'd never thought about that that she literally carried the spirit of God inside of her belly for nine months God himself for nine months and then at the day of Pentecost in the upper room he comes back It had to feel familiar. Oh, I know you. I know you. The flip side of this story is we talked about callings and purposes, but I also mentioned a little bit with children too. I want to encourage some of you this morning, as some of you are in the season of of just day to day. Some of you might be in the season of darkness where it doesn't look like there's any hope. God, you said this about them and this is what's going on. I don't understand. Remember the resurrection. Remember that God is the God who comes through. He's the God who does not let us down. He's the God that works all things for our good. All things. The crucifixion of Jesus never looked good, ever. There's not a good thing about it, but it led to the best thing that ever occurred. And it was so special for Mary, more than anyone else, because she wasn't just amazed at what happened. She treasured it, and she thought about it constantly. 
So my challenge to you this morning is what is it that you are treasuring? What is the call that God has placed on your life? What is the purpose that God has for you? And what, maybe today, we just need to take time and just think about that. Think about what it is that God has called you to, the purpose and the destiny and the plan that he has for you because it's amazing. And it's going to come to pass, not because you and I are something great and special. Mary was nothing great and special. But because God himself is just that good. Hope was born in a manger to a nobody who treasured that moment, who got to see the entire plan of salvation come to pass. What an amazing Christmas story. What an amazing Christmas moment to think when you look at the whole picture. Treasure it. Don't let these moments pass.